welcome to On the Outskirts. With me, Sophia Rosemary and Alice Catherine. Welcome back to another episode. Yes, welcome. Uh, we just wanted to start off um, by saying thank you for all of the amazing support that we've received so far. It's been so nice that it's been so well received. Yeah, so nice. So, I, I want to say overwhelming. Really overwhelming, yeah. I think it's always scary putting something new out into the world. Um, and especially when it's just something so different to what we've done before as oh, well. Oh, completely. I was so nervous, I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> I feel like people don't generally hear mine or your voices that much. No. So I think, and because it is just like a, a rolling conversation, it is really well and truly who you are. So it just yeah. felt, I was so nervous. And then when we had such a great reaction, it was so lovely. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good confidence building thing for both of us as well in a way. Yeah. Because um, obviously you can't really go back and edit it to the same extent as you would maybe a blog post or something like that. So no, it's totally new for us, and it's just been so nice to chat to you guys on Instagram. Uh, lots of you saying that you've um, been listening it on, listening to it on the way to work and things like that, which is really cool. I was like getting ready. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. And, yeah, I really love reading messages like that. It's been. It's been really nice and uh, really encouraging for both of us as well. So what have you been up to since we last recorded? Um, I always feel like I have to have a good think about this, which must make me seem like a really boring <laughs> person. Like, what have I been doing? Um, so last week I was in London because a very dear friend of mine, uh, Rachel Clifton, a.k.a. Bubbly Aquarius, launched her jewellery collection with Matthew Calvin. Uh, so I went to the launch of that, and the collection is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm very, very proud of her. I've got the earrings. That the, the, the e- oh, the, the type of earrings that make me want to go to Claire's and get my ears rebooted, <laughs> which doesn't happen often. Um, yeah, they are like the perfect chunky hoop. Yeah, well done, Rachel. I'm, I was really sad to miss that, actually. Oh yeah, it was such a sweet breakfast. It was it was just dead dead nice, and it was it was actually uh, me and Rachel have been friends for absolute years. She's one of my closest best friends uh used to live together so it's really nice to sort of be there and support her through it um and it's just nice that so many uh bloggers and influencers are kind of putting their stamp on a certain product or you know they're really putting their creativity to good use yeah definitely speaking of which how is your jewelry collection coming along yeah i've been away in portugal so i got back a couple of nights ago um went out there to to shoot some jewellery um, that I'm releasing with Michaela Lyons, same as um, the collection that I did with her last year. Um, same woman, sorry. Same brand, but not the same collection. Yeah. And yeah, it was amazing. I shot a couple of other things out there as well. I had like a few jobs that tied into it nicely. Um, it looked beautiful. It was amazing. It, it was really, so nice. It was really nice to get away. Um, I think I'd been having a bit of a not, a... not a confidence crisis almost, just... I think when you create so much so often, it almost feels like you become a bit stagnant at some point. Like I was, we were talking just before this, um, just before we started recording, and I think I just lost my way with it a bit, and I didn't really know what it was that I was trying to say with my content, or what I wanted my thing to be, or what I wanted to get out of blogging, and I think having some time away sometimes just makes you readdress what it is that's important to you, and makes you fall in love with it again a bit and completely I think sometimes you need to kind of like step out of 
the situation you're in to really gain yeah. perspective on it and just have a little breather. And Stop I hate to say thinking. that as well, though, because you sound like a bit of an ass, don't you? Yeah, like, completely. Oh, yeah, I just needed to get away to LA for two weeks to, re- <laughs> no. to rediscover my <laughs> You know what? I was like, like, well, not everybody can do that, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, no. But, and as I was saying that then, I was thinking, like, you sound like an asshole. <laughs> but no, it's true. I think sometimes you just need a breather. And it doesn't mean that, you know, every, no, ta- every time you have a crisis, you need to go to Portugal. No, it doesn't need to be Portugal. It can be a new park down the road or like anywhere anywhere <laughs> doesn't sound as glamorous though does no, it it's not, it's not always glamorous yeah it was it was lovely um and I feel like I've really it's really given me what my soul needed yeah um so yeah feeling good so what part of Portugal were you in the Algarve region oh I mean mm-hmm. well, dreamy <laughs> near the coast um and apparently it got really busy so people were telling us in the summer Right. Um, but when we were there, it was like, the, we were on the beach at one point, and I thought, if we died now, or a wave came over wow. my head, like, there'd be no one around. It was, like, proper secluded. Wow, um, some really calming thoughts you had there. <laughs> yeah, but it was beautiful. It was like walking inside. Like, we went to this one beach, Fabrica. Um, I'll be writing about it more in my blog posts and stuff um, for anyone who's interested. But we went to this one beach, Fabrica, and it's meant to be top 15 in the world. And I was oh. looking on Google before we went, and I thought, I mean, it looks all right, but it could be Formby. Like, <laughs> I was like, it's not. It's just when you just see sand and sea. I was like, mm, I don't know. I was expecting something a bit more like, more, yeah. a bit more of a showstopper. But then when I got there, I was just like, this is insane. And it was just all these shells were just covering the whole entire beach, but perfectly formed shells that weren't chipped, and they were like glistening in the sunshine. And I was just like, this is. A far cry from Blackpool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, far cry from nappies rolling over in, in the waves. Pristine nappies, <laughs> yeah. untouched. Um, that it, you know what? It really did look beautiful, beautiful. and I'm not gonna lie. I had a, I had a bit of a travel envy. Yeah. And living vicariously through your travelling. I think you might have liked the sea as well. It wasn't. No. It didn't get deep. Well, it didn't get deep for ages, so you could paddle, and it was. You know, you could have a little. You could have a little dunk. I feel like you and Joe are so hell bent on getting me in some form of water. Like, just let it I could go. just picture us like giving you swimming lessons with our hands. Yeah. Like Joe's holding yeah. you, and I'm like, come on. Yeah, like you know when you learn to ride a bike, and then you, your mum or dad like secretly let go, and they're like, you're doing it. I'll just swim, swim to me. Come on. No, please don't make that thing. <laughs> I'm not doing any travelling this year. Because we've got the pup, Pep the pup. Um, you are. <laughs> you, you will, you will. Um, we are, we're just, you know what, we're going to go around the UK. So I think we're going to try and plan a trip to Brighton because I've never been. Amazing. Maybe somewhere like Cornwall. Just loads of like little long weekends and we can take Pep with us. We've now got a real, um, a real thing for dog-friendly hotels. Just because they're always really lovely, most of them. Like beautiful yeah. boutique hotels. Like if you go on... I think it's Pets Pajamas. There's some amazing hotels on there. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to do that just so we can keep the pub near us. Yeah. Because There's loads of nice places you can go to in the UK as well. Completely. I, I really want to do that more. And... Um, if we have the weather like we had last summer, fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, oh you know, I'll be living La Vida Loca. I'd be really <laughs> picturing you in, like, a little camper van with, like, Pep in the back window, like, Joe's driving. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Me and Pep snuggling. Would you ever do that? Like, hire a little camper van and go on a bit of a two-week road trip or something? Yeah, I feel like that'd be a really cool way to do it. The first thing I think of is um, Into the Wild. 
Yeah. When I th- you know, that camper van at the yeah. end. Obviously not the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> Won't be eating poisonous berries. Um but yeah, that's stop walking around yeah. barefoot with me. <laughs> yeah, like I'll somehow grow my own beard. Um but hey, yeah. I really could. <laughs> no, really. I mean hairy gal problems. Um yeah, but I guess that's that vibe is what I would like to aspire to be, but probably not. I mean, where would I plug my straighteners into? This fringe isn't going to straighten itself. Well, what are you, what are you going to do at Glastonbury? Oh, don't. It, it, honestly, I get really worried about it. I bought some little... Um, I might let you have a look after <laughs> this. I bought some little um, some portable ones off Amazon, I think, last year. They weren't cheap. Are they good, That you though? could charge... Well, for me, if my fringe just looks semi-decent, then I'm laughing. Do you know what I mean? The rest yeah. of it can just do what it wants. Yeah. Which it generally does anyway. But my fringe, if that's bad, it's all bad. It's key. It's key. It is key. And they did. They did enough. I'd say they did enough. Right. I might invest in some um, of them because I'm with you. If it's it's all in the fringe, if your fringe all, is gone, because yeah. you can also put like bobbles and clips and stuff in as well, can't you? But <laughs> a big hair piece, <laughs> a, big, a fascinator that just covers my whole entire head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hats. Um, hats are good, but then once you've got the hat sweat, there's no going back. Then is there? What's like, hat sweat? How do you not know what the hat sweat is when you've got a fringe? You I put a hat, wear a hat and then you get head. a sweaty forehead and your fringe is all stuck in different oh, directions. Oh yeah, that sounds hideous. And then there's not there's not much coming back from that at the festival. I feel like you'd have to commit to a hat for the whole weekend. You'd have to make that your thing. Because yeah. if your fringe, again, if your fringe goes, your fringe goes. I took a little um, bucket hat to, um, <laughs> don't laugh, <laughs> a little bucket hat and I thought, God, I'm going to look like Kevin and Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I put it on and I was like, oh, no, I don't hate this. I think it's because it's, it's a similar colour to my hair. I, I look a bit more like um, some sort of flower pot man in it or something. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, the straw hat you wore recently, you know, for that you, when you did the um, at Easter, like, and... Yeah, but that's it was the, so sweet. It's really cute, that hat, but it's the type of hat that I do feel a bit like it's wearing me a bit. It's a very, like, it's a yeah. big statement, isn't it? And I think... I don't know, from certain directions, it does look a bit like I'm wearing a sombrero, but... <laughs> it, it, for the picture, though, for it pictures, was, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like that about all hats, though, you know? I yeah, feel they like do. they dictate what the rest of my outfit will be. Yeah. I, I have worn it a bit. Um, it's just... I do feel like it's very... It's a very strong statement. Yeah, it definitely is, isn't it? Yeah. Little House on the Prairie vibes. Anyway, we've gone on. We really yeah. have. This episode is not about hats, we promise. <laughs> There's a few that have fallen asleep. But if you would like to hear more about hats. Um, anything else that you've been up to or anything else that you've been enjoying? TV, music? So, well, straight after this, I am going for... I don't know if I'm really supposed to talk about this right now, but I'm going to. I've got a meeting with um, Joni Clothing. So I used to work for Joni Clothing um, uh, in merchandising and uh, as an assistant buyer. Um, and I will be launching a t-shirt collection with them. So, uh, I'm going for, Ooh, Exciting. it sounded like really, uh, the first time I've ever vocalised that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be going for a meeting after we record this, uh, just to sort of like iron out all of the, the marketing elements. So the t-shirts have been designed. Yeah, they're beautiful. How did it feel when you first saw them? Because I, I think it's such a different way of working because you finally it's like you have something tangible that you can touch and it doesn't just get lost in the abyss of like social media. Completely. Did it feel like a... Very cathartic. Yeah. I think because I wear a lot of like 
slogan tees like that's such a big part of my wardrobe like jeans and a slogan tee I've always been I'm like con- yeah and I've always been searching <clears throat> for like you know when you've got an idea in your head like oh this would be so cool if I could just find this and and it's really really hard to find like but especially if you're looking for vintage t-shirts like cool band t-shirts like they're very expensive a lot of the time mm-hmm. um so it was nice to kind of um put those ideas that I've had in my head down onto paper or jersey in this mm-hmm. case um so I don't want to say too much. It feels really personal as well because obviously you used to work with Joni. Yeah, um, I love them. I love the girls there. Yeah, and I love what they do. And they yeah. cater to like all different sizes and shapes and it really makes sense as a collaboration for oh, you as Oh, completely. Well. And um, Lucy, who um, does all the designs at Joni, like we're so scarily similar in our taste levels with music, film, fashion, um, everything so mm-hmm. I, I felt in such comfortable and safe hands with Lucy because I knew that even just talking her through some of the ideas she could or, almost visualize already what I had in mind yeah. so that was really really nice and yeah I just bloody love the girls at Joni they're lovely yeah. in the first episode I actually meant I think I mentioned that I worked for a company that I really loved and that was who the company were mm. so yeah what in terms of t- tv anything to report I don't, I don't want to films. talk I'm not going to talk about Game of Thrones again yeah please don't don't want to <laughs> I know I can't bore it it's over now we just need to get over it <laughs> um no do you know what I've been watching something well me and Joe are trying to watch Sopranos at the minute from mm-hmm. I've never seen it before no I've not I oh. wanted to watch it after I watched um Goodfellas yeah, see, I love all like Goodfellas, Godfather, all, yeah. you know, all of those films. I absolutely adore. I don't, I don't know if I'm getting into Sopranos. I'm going to crack on with it though because I've heard amazing, amazing things. things. Yeah, and I've done that so many times where I start a series and I go, "Oh, not sure about this. Not for me." Mm. I don't like change. Yeah, maybe it's because you're going into when something's so overhyped. I, I think you go in with preconceptions, don't yeah, you? and you're completely. always like. I'm not going to like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be different. Yeah, I'm going to be different. <laughs> so, yeah, we're trying to watch that. And then also, I finally got round to finishing Sharp Objects. And now I'm... Oh, what did you think? I loved it. I feel like not many people have watched this series. It, amazing. When you when you were talking to me about it, I was like, yes. Because like, I'd forgotten about it. I forgot that I'd even watched it because it wasn't one of those things where I watched it and I saw loads of people talking about it. I feel like it just got a bit yeah. lost almost. You know what? completely agree because yeah. I've mentioned it to a few people and actually you're the only one who's gone like yes carry on watching yeah. it it's amazing everyone else has been like what yeah it, well I started watching it with Sam and even he trailed off he didn't watch the last few episodes but um I was really kind of transfixed by it I yeah it moody so artistic the way it was done yeah. so different yeah I wish I wish I'd read the book before I started watching it me too um but I think I am actually going to read the book now. I trust her writing because obviously, same author who wrote Gone Girl. Yeah. So you know it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely ripping, loved it. Ripping reads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I never read Gone Girl either, actually. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Two for you to read. Yeah. Oh, I watched the um, the new Ted Bundy film that got released on Netflix. Have you me, watched that yet? Yeah, me too. What, what did, did you think? think? Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, I know it got a lot of negative press and stuff because obviously the whole idea of, you know, continuing giving these, like, white men platforms that um, we should be telling other stories, basically. I think yeah, a lot glorify of the, the gist of a lot of stuff I've read that we're kind of glorifying him and we've heard what he's had to say. We don't need to keep reinventing the same story, essentially. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy it. For me, it wasn't as dark as I thought it could have gone. It was It was much more about the trial and I think... 
when it first came, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it might have delved deeper into the side of him. Because the, there's a lot of stuff that's not talked about that he did that was really graphic well, and really yeah. just... Like, like the film title says, like, shockingly evil. Well, it, it, it was literally just, like, moments before he was about to, you know, be put on the chair that yeah. he actually even confessed to some of his crimes and it was it was very vague. So it would have... Yeah, I know what you mean. It would have been nice to have more insight into his mind because actually no one knew. No. But I think the thing for me that was important about that film and, well, that's important about that story and the reason why I think people keep retelling this story and lots of others like it is that it's still so baffling that somebody can have those two different sides to where he's essentially this family guy who never hurt... Um, what's she called? Something wasn't Jane, was it? Or something like that? No. Oh. Sorry, I should have looked that up before I started talking about it. Um, but... You know, he's so lovely to her and her child, and he's so... Well, he was renowned for being charming, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a heartthrob. But I think that's what so many people are addicted to, because it's almost like these evil people, these killers, these um, serial killers that are horrible people, they, it's not just somebody who looks like a serial killer. They come in different packages. Yeah, it's the, the different... Next, it's yeah, the next one, it it's the friendly guy at the end of the street that always that's always helping people out. It's, well, yeah. And I think it's that, that element of, like, human psychology that really that really makes those kind of stories addictive and I think that's why we keep retelling them. It's not because we're trying to glorify him. Well, I don't see it Almost in that way. Almost make sense of it in yeah, a way. Yeah, it's true. And... It's like we're trying to um, go over it and make sense yeah. of it. Yeah, and like, how can we learn from this? How can we be more aware? You know? Yeah, because a big thing with I mean, Ted Bundy can... is he was able to approach these girls and get talking to them. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it all came down to how he fundamentally looked. Yeah. Um, for me, the only reason I maybe found it a little bit disappointing was because it was very much of the same ilk as the, I think it was the tapes of Ted Bundy that had come out on Netflix a yeah. few months earlier. Well, it's the same director, I think. Right, I think okay. I was listening to um, Zac Efron and Lily Collins and they were saying that, don't quote me on this, but I think he made the documentary with the tapes first and then they used a lot of that material to then make a film. Well, that makes sense because it did feel like the same story was being told and yeah, I think, obviously, that doesn't need to be the case. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, I know it's going to sound a bit odd, but, like, Charles Manton, I find that story so fascinating because there's so many different aspects yeah. and perspectives to it and I just found it a little bit disappointing that they'd chosen to tell the same story that had come out in the documentary. Yeah. A bit. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, the, the really good bit for me is when she... I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but when he writes on the... Um, yeah. At the end, there, there's a scene where the, he's sitting across from his kind of... The big love of his life, and he writes something, doesn't he, on the on Yeah, he the basically confesses, yeah. doesn't he, in a way. I wasn't going to say that for people that well, watched I mean, it, but we I mean, know. you've had time, people, come on. Like the 70s, like, got a few um, decades... But yeah, I wouldn't, that can't have been real, that bit, can it? Yeah, because this is a thing, because um, he basically confessed to one police officer right. and in a voice recording before he was put on the chair, mm-hmm. and he basically kind of... It was the first time sort of criminal psychology was actually being used, mm-hmm. and the only way this... Uh, I think this is correct. Please correct me if I'm wrong on this. The only way the inspector could kind of get the information, coax it out of him, was to refer to Ted in a third person. And that way he would discuss it more right. with him. So it's I don't... It's almost like he was just separated completely from... Oh, yeah, himself, completely. 
I mean, the whole thing is just, there's so much of it that's so fascinating to me. I mean, the fact that this guy jumped out of a window and escaped and then (laughs) went to live in the hills for like 10 days or whatever it was. And then, um, on top of that, was representing himself towards the end of his trial. like Proposed to another woman in court. It was so interesting because it was the way he was, like, when he's representing himself and you watch those clips, it is like he just, he's representing another part of himself he's like so removed from what he's done and it's just complete farce wasn't it like a um it was like a pantomime a pantomime yeah yeah, completely um so fascinating yeah i find stuff like that so fascinating um so i I knew that i was going to watch it as soon as it came out whether it was good or bad or what but um have you watched uh sorry i feel like i'm going on a tangent here i just find this kind of subject really uh, fascinating have you watched mindhunter Yes, is that the one where he's a detective? Yeah, it's it's true based on true story about how they came to sort of um, introduce criminal psychology into uh, well detective work. Basically, I did watch that series. I, th- I think I watched that around the same time as I watched Sharp Objects. I feel like I watched those two potentially. Like yeah, time, but I can't remember. It's one of those where I binge watched. I it. would highly recommend it if anyone is kind of interested in those like serial killings of like the sixties and seventies mm-hmm. in America, because obviously it was an epidemic, mm-hmm. um, and it references a lot of true true uh, serial killers in it, mm-hmm. and it's just so fascinating um, to see how these detectives actually kind of came to understand criminal yeah. psychology and how they inevitably, you know, so- solved so many different cases. But the the media back then was so different, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, isn't there a bit where Ted Bundy escaped and they captured him in another state because of... Um, is it something to do with when he was driving, he was speeding or something like that? Yeah. They didn't know who he was for ages because he'd grown a beard or something. Yeah, because they weren't communicating they weren't with communicating one another. Yeah. And you just think, God, if that happened... I mean, you look at it now, don't you, and you're just like, how did this... How does this even pass as craziness? Work? Just, yeah, yeah. Just um, goes to show how lucky we are in some ways that we do. That media's grown in the way that it has. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from. Oh, no, really? sorry. I could literally talk about that subject all day. <laughs> maybe we should. We could do a topic on that. Maybe one day for fun. <laughs> Would anyone like to hear more about serial for killers? All you with their dark creatures. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week we have chosen to do friendship. I say this week as if we do a weekly podcast. <laughs> this this episode, <laughs> we have decided that we're going to do friendship because there's so much to say on friendship, isn't there? Completely. Um, um, one of the nice bits of feedback that I, th- that I noticed that we kept getting was how much people enjoyed hearing more about our friendship yeah. and also seeing female uh, friendships represented in yeah. a podcast or, or whatever. So I think it is, it's a nice subject to broach, isn't it? Yeah, I, I got a really sweet message, actually. I can't remember who it was from, but thank you if you were the one that sent it. Um, just saying it was nice to hear the differences in our personality and how we balanced each other out and stuff and... I think I love listening to that as well. It's like um, I was listening to um, Lindsay Holland and um, Lizzie Hadfield, Shot from the Street and Ropes of Holland. Their podcasts. Uh, They're an amazing duo, aren't they? Amazing things you can't ask your mum. And when I listen to them, it reminds me of us a little bit in terms of how they balance each other out. Yeah, they um, bounce off yeah, each other, don't they? Bounce they bounce off each other and they balance each other out and different strengths and stuff. And yeah, it is really nice. I think female friendship especially like always really fascinates me. Yeah, it does, because yeah. I think it's a complex thing, but it's also, like, a very a very lovely thing. Yeah. So, I guess, tell me what friendship means to you. Tell me about your friendship circle. Um, I've always grown up 
around quite big groups of girls. I had quite a big group of girlfriends in, what's it called? School? High school. <laughs> That's thing I've not done in ages. I was like, what could this be, like a special club? <laughs> in high school. Um, and we were all just really different, all quite misfits, actually. And on paper, we shouldn't have worked together. Like, a lot of us had different music interests, different styles. But yeah. put us all together, we all just had this same sense of stupid silly humor yeah and I think like that's always been a big thing for me and like throughout my friendship groups is always like a silly sense of humor um that kind of unites us all embracing your weirdness yeah and I still see a lot of the same people that I saw that I hung around with in school and college um but it's just now we, we, we try and make the effort to go on nights out and things like that which is really nice and when we see each other it's always the same yeah um because you've got so much history as well so there's always stuff to talk about um, but yeah, I don't see them as much as I'd like to. Always the case, I think, mm. as you grow up, it does. It, priorities change, and I know what you mean. I feel like when I was in school, like I was constantly around my friends all the time. They're kind of you. You live and breathe your friends, don't you? And then as mm-hmm. you get older, not so much anymore. It's hard because I think as much as I don't see my friends. Um, as much as when I was younger, I certainly feel like I appreciate them more now. Yeah. Um, like there's a real uh, appreciation and love there that I'm not saying mm. I didn't have that when I was younger. I and love it, your it, friends. I got to meet lots of them at your um, 30th bash. They're cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love them all. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I've always loved my friends, obviously, but it's just a different kind of love. I think it's knowing someone inside and out. I mean, obviously, mm. at the age of 30, you've known your friends for a long time by this point. I just realised that I didn't even answer your question. <laughs> I just started talking about my my friendship group. Uh, in terms of what friendship means to me, um, I'm not sure it's so hard to sum that up, isn't it? I guess it's just people that you can trust, that you feel like you can be your authentic self around, and that you don't... I mean, the sign of a good friend is when you don't come away second-guessing what you've said, I think. Um, yeah, you, not having can, to overthink yeah, it or, yeah. You know, sometimes you'll meet those people and you think, oh, I don't know if I shared too much then or I'm not sure quite what they're going to do with that bit of information. <laughs> Completely. I think I found that, especially in uni, for example, mm. I found I was almost trying too hard to desperately be liked. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't say, you know, I could particularly change my personality, but I was so, certainly more self-aware and I think, I think actually just... that's, you re- realise that that's actually really exhausting. And a lot of those friends since coming out of uni, you know, maybe I've lost because mm-hmm. you, inevitably I wasn't maybe being my true self around them. Yeah. Maybe? I think sometimes you can, when you're younger as well, you try so hard to be cool and to be what you think oh, is yeah. cool and what will make people like you. And actually it's the things that are a bit weirder and are, that are a bit quirkier that kind of make people yeah that make you unique, unique. You. Yeah. yeah completely and I think I think that's what I make I appreciate about my friends now is that when I do meet up with them um it's like me and you like you know before we do the recording and we're just talking it's actually a nice breath of fresh air and a break yeah. from the ins and outs of my life normally mm. like it can just be myself have a really candid conversation and no one's judging anyone and that's I think that's a, a really important thing to have in terms of your friendships do you do you have any of your childhood friends that are still kind of in the picture or are a lot of your friends ones that you've made kind of from uni onwards um well it's a funny one because as a child um, my mum loved a house move so I've lived all over Manchester so started life in Cholton moved to Heaton Mersey moved to Marple moved to new mills really so, yeah exactly so I think especially in primary school like 
I went to two different primary schools, one in Charlton and one in Heaton Mersey. And then for secondary school, moved again. I mean, in, in primary school, it's a lot different, isn't it? You make friends, but they're, they're not... They are solid friendships if you stay with them. Mm. But it's really easy once you're in secondary school to kind of lose them. Well, it's over time as well, isn't yeah. it? You're connected by that kind of... That time in your life and the fact that you're kind of... You're not going anywhere. Your school day is your school day, isn't yeah. it? So you've got to make friends within that kind of within that space to make the most of your time there completely but, but you're then, ma- you're not who you are yet so yeah. whereas in in secondary school you're more finding out who you want to be and I guess they're the friends you sort of keep for life so in terms of childhood friends from primary school no I definitely haven't kept any just mm. because we did so many moves but there's certainly friends that I've kept through um secondary school who I maybe don't speak to as much as I'd like to but um when I do see them yeah. I remember how much I love them yeah so yeah I'd say my best friends are friends that I've met through uni or work um or like going out maybe sort of in my from like 18 onwards mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've definitely still got school friends that I stay in touch with. How about you? Do, have you got like a solid childhood friendship group? Um, I, f- I feel like my oldest, oldest friends, I mean, I, I have a lot of people on Facebook that I kind of check in with every now and again, and it's nice to see what people are doing, but yeah. it is just so much harder as you get older and especially, um, I think it's a big shock to the system, you know, when I finished uni particularly, um, everybody goes into work and full-time work and yeah. that affects your friendships and your social life so much and it's, it's almost quite a big shock as well because you just disperse don't you yeah. like you all go your own you separate all go ways your own separate ways and you can't suddenly have these big expectations of people to text you back straight away and to always be free when you're free and I think that adjustment can be quite difficult especially for me I grew up my best friend lived around the corner yeah so she was just literally her house was at the back of mine and we were all really close and you know, we're at five minutes walking distance. Um, and now my best, best friend lives on the other side of the world in Australia. So it's complete, a complete different thing. Um, but I don't know, you just have to make it work. And I think if it's a true friendship, it does work. And you do, you don't make each other feel guilty for when you can't give enough of yourself and yeah. because you're busy and you're preoccupied. And yeah, and I think if it's a true friendship, you can always pick it back up again. And I think... Yeah that feeling never really goes you're always going to have that common ground and that history and yeah that kind of sisterhood there like that connection completely I think you're so right as well I think I'd say early 20s is a real learning curve with friendship because Mm -hmm. you're not forced together through education or uni or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. it's kind of keeping those friendships alive in a different lifestyle yeah and 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 not in an awful way but I mean you don't find that you have to just get along with people because they're part of a group that you're in no completely you can surround yourself with the types of people that stimulate you in in a good way and make you feel like make you feel like your most authentic self rather than having to be yeah yeah completely so like finishing uni going into the big wide world do you find that you've managed to make friends easily um I don't know I mean I'd like to think that I'm quite a warm person and I think I certainly are thank you (laughs) and (laughs) always too hot (laughs) um and I don't know I'm quite I can speak to anyone I think even someone that I think god you're you're a bit of an idiot or maybe I don't agree with what you're saying like I'm quite I can be quite patient in terms of speaking to people and it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking inside or maybe we won't get along or maybe you know you think this and I don't think that so that might be an issue but 
I can I can talk to most people, and I think that's half the battle is just talking to people. That's the only way you're really going to figure out who are your type if you of get people. along. I think you were the first to message me on Instagram, and then we met yeah. up for a coffee, which is actually quite an unusual thing. That doesn't happen that much yeah. at our age anymore. No. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, yeah, it's kind of just about taking taking the plunge a little bit. Taking the plunge, yeah. And I think that's the great thing about Instagram is that you can kind of, you've got a visual map of whether somebody's going to be your type of person. I mean, if they're being authentic anyway. You know, I could see from your page that we would have similar interests. We're both doing the same job. And I was like, what is the harm in meeting up? Like, if we don't get along, we don't get along more. If we do, amazing. Like, we're both in the same city doing the same thing that can be quite lonely, so... I was going to say, especially with what we do for a living, and for any freelancers out there, I'm sure you'll relate that, you know, you don't have the the luxury of colleagues. Mm. So I think it is just nice to be able to socialise within your industry's capacity with someone else. For me as well, a big thing, when I know I'm going to be friends with someone, this might be TMI. (laughs) Go on. Uh, I don't really... believe in that um phrase anyway not phrase no and i think this podcast (laughs) is too much information altogether yeah i think it's just something to stop us talking about things we should be talking about Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um if i can talk to people about like toilet habits or like say you know have you got do you know what i mean when it gets to that level i'm like yes you're my people because you don't have to be like suffering in silence with someone or you can ask someone like oh have you got a tampon or like um oh I need I need to stop off and go to the toilet like things like that like if I can talk to people about those kind of things and know that they're going to be my type of person yeah you're not dancing around anything you don't feel like you need to be coy or like it's like those friendships where you constantly almost feel like you're on a first date like you don't want that like you just want to be off the cuff and be down to earth with someone like that's those are the type of people that and they can just make jokes out of situations that shouldn't be funny so basically you're saying what you look for in a friendship can i talk about my bowel movement (laughs) that is important to me if if i'm if i'm in pain and i need to be talking about it to somebody i'm not going to suffer in silence yeah i i I completely agree with you i think it's kind of tough because i feel like as i've got older i've really discovered like how much of an introverted person i am i'm not difficult i wouldn't say i'm a bitch in any way but i'm very straight down the line and i think sometimes that can be to a detriment to me because i'd say to meet me i'm not cold or you know i'd like to think i'm friendly i'm very polite um but then i almost like to sort of hide within myself and i'll go away and i do enjoy my own company but sometimes maybe a little bit too much where I'll just kind of be on my mm. own so I, it's almost like I have to be very conscious to not make an effort with people I feel like I'm making myself sound hideous here but no I mean I think it's good to be that way I think it's good to be aware of those parts of the, you that you think maybe aren't as social or that might not be as attractive to somebody that's trying yeah. to make friends with you because it's so good to talk about that and think like oh well this is where I'm trying to be better on that or this is just part of me and that's who I am and I'm not going to try and fight that and yeah you know nobody's perfect and like I think you know first impressions are are such a scary thing because if I'm having an off day or I'm anxious and I can be quite quiet like I'd hate somebody to judge me off that completely it's because it's not because I'm being rude or I don't want to talk like sometimes I just do suffering like big social situations I'd rather stand in the background yeah Yeah, completely and you know I do come away from events sometimes thinking oh I should have went up to that person and spoke to them yeah I follow them on Instagram I should have introduced myself and sometimes I just find it a lot and I find it it's you know it could come across as rude and that's you know that's why we need to talk about mental health more and things like that because it massively affects how 
people um, build friendships and it massively affects the quality of your friendships as well if you know you're someone who does struggle in social situations yeah and it can and you hinder can't them keep up with them yeah it's, and Going back to the point that I think it's quite an unusual thing in your late 20s to make new friends because there's less opportunities for you to do so. It means that when you are in a a social capacity where you can make new friends, you're a bit rusty with it. Like You've already got your solid friendship group and it's really hard to open yourself up to new people Mm -hmm. um or or I found anyway and and that doesn't mean that I'm like no sorry I've got enough friends I don't need any more um I think it's just I have like a safety net um of people who know me and then it's yeah it's really hard to just open myself up to new people um and it is something that I'm like conscious of and I guess I'm just a work in progress with that Really? Do you you find that the internet's been a positive thing for you in terms of making new friends and meeting new people? And no, I think definitely positive because I think, as someone who is quite uh, closed in, I'm a real sucker for what I used to do was um, I'd sit at home and maybe I'd have like two days by myself at at home and I'd be there thinking like, oh, where are all my friends? And it's like, Mm. well, actually, you need to kind of make an effort. And I think the lovely thing about the internet is that there's so many people accessible to you and it's made every corner of the earth really reachable. And I think it's meeting like-minded girls and talking to them and building these really organic, easy friendships with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, me and you are a prime example of that, but there's so many others just girls who that I would never have had the opportunity to have met you know on the flip side of that there's so many people that I wish I could have the chance to meet that live in Canada or America or so many girls where you just you know you watch their stories and you think oh you're my type of person um but it's sad that we don't live closer or we don't live around the corner and like all the girls that we get on with in London as well like it's difficult sometimes isn't it to make that time to see them um which is why you know events are always good because you can catch up with people and things like that and kind of what this podcast isn't completely inspired by in a way so do you do you think that you've kind of your internet friendships do you find that they've been a positive effect on you yeah I've, I've met I mean I've met so many people since in the last few years with um, the blog and with Instagram and things like that um, that I probably never would have met before. And I think when you're doing something that's such a niche creative thing, it just attracts your type of people anyway. Completely. So yeah, it's almost like I've been spoiled in the last few years in terms of like who I've met. I've almost met too many amazing people. (laughs) That is like too many friends. That that, you know you you can't keep up with everyone, you know. But it's I think you just have to make that effort with the people that you get that little spark with. Yeah, because that spark is rare. I think where you get chatting to someone and you're like, God, I really like you. I'm liking your vibe. Cut your job. Yeah, like I don't want to seem too key. Yeah, yeah, no, and it is. It's something that you can't really put your finger on when you have like a chemistry, especially between two girls as well. There's something really lovely about. Um, kind of finding that chemistry with another girl because yeah. I think it does bring out your inner weirdo in a way, doesn't it? Oh, completely, yeah. Um, in a way that... I don't want to say in a way that male... Uh, a friendship with a male doesn't because I think there's a different dynamic there. 100%. Do you have many friendships with, like, the opposite sex and do you think they differentiate? Do you know what? I don't... Um, I did in um, high school and college um, because you're obviously... I went to, like, a mixed school in terms of gender and stuff... Um, and there was like a big group of girls and a big group of boys and we, we yeah. all got along and were really good friends and I do really miss that and then um, when I went to uni one of my best friends Adam who was my um, flatmate and housemate he was always next door to me so 
you know, I always had that kind of male energy around yeah. until really, I guess, I moved to Manchester. But I guess that's because I'm working now in a predominantly female industry for the yeah, most for sure. part. I don't know. I think, I think it is harder to make male friends the older you get as well. Um, I have like acquaintances, but I wouldn't. I, I can't think of any guys now that I would ring up and tell the ins and outs of your yeah. yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. Uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Tom, I've known him since I was 15, 16, and he's still a, a really good friend to me. And so, again, one of those friendships where you dip in and out, you don't speak to them all the time. But when I do, I'm like, oh, I remember why I love you so much. Yeah. But it is a completely different friendship to the friendships I have with my girls. It's a very silly friendship, mm. um, and it's you know like he's the kind of friend that you'd make a crude joke to or whatever yeah. but then also there's like a real brotherly love there with him so mm. I think like he's like in a way like a bit of like an older brother yeah. like I certainly feel like I could talk to him about a, a relationship issue not that I'm having one or uh, you know I could talk to him about anything and but and it's quite nice to have a different perspective than what I'd get from my female friends yeah I miss that I really do um but I don't know it's really I think it's just the situation like the situation I found myself in it's not kind of I mean sorting out only female friendships no I've always been like a girl's girl I'd say um but I I do really get on with guys as well so I don't know it's just it's one of them I I, I get on a lot with um Sam's friendship group so when I'm around them it's nice and stuff but I guess you always feel like the girlfriend to some extent yeah Um, I get that I don't know, maybe in the future it'll change, but yeah, I do miss having... It's just like that kind of different energy around as well. When you hang out with a group of boys, mm. I hate to, uh, what's the word, stereotype here, yeah. but the dynamic is so different to a group of girls. Yeah, 100%. Do you, do you think female friendships are more complex than male friendships? Because, I mean, hearing Joe talk to his friends and hang, Joe's in a band with four of the boys who are all his best mates, so I see the dynamic a lot. Um, sometimes the way they speak to each other, I'm like, it's so da- straight down the line yeah. that you don't get that with female friendships. Yeah, and I almost feel like, again, that's a stereotype or generalise in any way, but I feel like if they insult each other or they have a fight, it's forgotten about the next day almost. Oh, There's yeah. no need to kind of repair anything. No. Or write a letter. Or... <laughs> have a heart to heart yeah, about I don't know, it. Yeah, just a bit, I guess. I don't know, and I, I think, again, this is just from what I've seen from... Um, my relationships with guys um is that especially in Sam's friendship group I don't feel like they talk about emotions and stuff that much I feel like it's a lot harder to approach that it's almost like they'll go out they'll drink together have fun together but have a laugh, there's have this a level that I feel like oh you're missing out on this level you're not talking about like all the things that mean stuff and like yeah I'm like do you ever talk to them about I don't know <laughs> like I don't even think they'll talk about like if one of them breaks up with their girlfriend or something like that it's almost like they just skim over it and it's moved on with and yeah, it can. It's quite I think that's problematic, big, isn't it's it? It's a big thing in male culture. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's the reason why there is so many male suicides and things like that is just that you're kind of taught from the moment you're born to be this big man. Yeah, yeah um, completely. And I think that culture's rife still in a lot of um, male friendship groups, and it's just it's completely. I think it. I think especially at the minute, it's been so refreshing that 
this idea that men can't talk about their emotions is yeah. being actually uh, ironically talked about more at mm-hmm. the minute because I think it is something that it needs to be addressed and it's just about again breaking down those walls and breaking down those stereotypes because yeah. I agree with you like sometimes I'll do the same with Joe where I'll be like there'll be an issue within his friendship group or one of them will broken up with their girlfriend they just haven't t- spoken yeah. about it and that fascinates me I'm fascinates like what me, yeah. do you not want to talk it out I mean, obviously, there's going to be people out there that do talk about it and they have really um, close connections and stuff like that. And it's not to say that, like, Sam and Joe aren't close with their friends. No, like, no, no, of that, course not. Yeah, it's it's almost just like this unsaid... There's this part of the relationship that where a lot of stuff seems to be unsaid to me. Or, or maybe they just don't feel like talking about it, I don't know. But to me... I just want to get right into the thick of it as soon as yeah. I see people I'm like oh how do you feel about this what happened here like yeah do, do you want to talk it out like it feels good to talk out say if that you had an issue going on and we were hanging out mm-hmm. I'd feel so um upset for you if you didn't feel like you could talk to me about it yeah and um, maybe that is the issue that they just don't feel like they can or that it's going to lower the tone or I mean another thing for me as well I experience this sometimes is that if I'm meeting up with people that I've not seen in a few weeks the last thing I want to do is bring out my oh where was me and sometimes it's not the right environment either if you're in a club or I mean not that I go to many clubs these days but in the club (laughs) in Um, the club in the corner with a little raven on my shoulder yeah but if you're going for a drink with your friends like I know what you mean um you sometimes you just want to keep it sort of light-hearted yeah. and sometimes and you want to do it for yourself as well don't you you just think this is my time to just unwind chill out a bit and yeah see my friends and then I met up with my friend Lisa on Sunday and we were actually talking about this mm. about how there's actually different types of hanging out with your friends so oh, yeah. sometimes like we were saying like the last time we hung out me and Lisa after it we said oh we'll have to catch up soon me and you because it's yeah. a day and so then she came round on <laughs> Sunday so and we'll have a cuppa and we'll you know yeah. hash things out it, they're, they're different levels and think maybe men don't have that as much maybe. so sometimes I'll admire their simplicity and yeah. you know I think as women we do that but then I think women are also extremely good of then kind of like having a proper mother's meeting and really delving into something. Yeah, I think you're right, though. Different environments breed different emotions, don't they? Yeah. You're not just going to start having a big heart-to-heart in a club, like I said. Oh, I don't know, I feel like I've had some heart-to-hearts in clubs, though. <laughs> yeah, a drunken heart-to-heart. Yeah. Towards the end of the night, yeah, when things have started to go a bit... <laughs> a bit awry. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, though, that sometimes with uh, female friendships being really, I don't want to say hypersensitive... Mm. Uh, but you know being very in touch with our emotions not to stereotype can actually be the detriment of friendship sometimes because I know sometimes I've really learned as I've got older to not take things to heart as much as when I was younger I feel that's where a lot of drama was caused yeah I don't know like females we are just well I hate to say we're more complex but I'm from my experience like you know from a basic point of view our bodies go through so much more don't we like yeah um we have more things to worry about, it seems yeah. like. You know, more body parts <laughs> to worry about. Like, have you had any friendships that have broke down and you're like, actually, why did that happen? Or, like, know. you fought, you I fell mean, out with them and then never made up with them? Not many that I can think of. Normally, I think, you know, there's a reason why some friendships break down and then when you look back in retrospect, you think, yeah, you know what, that, what, that relationship wasn't really serving me and I was holding on to it you know by a thread and sometimes you've just got to let go and that then creates space to invite new people in yeah um and I think that's just what life is like in general with people Completely. that come and go constantly don't they um 
I think a big thing for me is just trying to be well just to not be judgmental and uh, to kind of realize that everybody has the capacity to be a bit of a dick sometimes and that people have got their own stuff going people on people have got their own stuff going on and the world doesn't revolve around me so you know no. you can't you can't always expect people to drop things for you and you know but I do think you know the ones that matter will always show up for you when it counts and that says a lot and you you I think you just get without getting all I think you just get certain energies from people and you just know who the good eggs are, don't you? Yeah, and you know they'll always be around and they'll always kind of have your back. And realising that you are the company you keep in some sense as well. Like, you know, some people that are around at school and stuff that you hang around with, there's always a few people that you're like, oh, God, I wish you weren't here or I wish you didn't. Yeah, no, no. Well, do you know what I mean? For the way you behave, like, I think, oh, God, you're you're bringing the vibe of the group down because you're behaving in this way or you're just looking for trouble or, like, there was always those odd few that were around and now I feel like I just don't, I don't need to make time for those people as somebody who's going to be... 27 soon or potentially will already be 27 when this one's out well it's like a real pack environment in school isn't it kind of trying to find out who's the ringleader and then it's almost in levels isn't it and Mm. I think as you get older that completely disperses and you don't have that anymore Mm. what role would you say that you play in a lot of your friendships or do you find that it varies across from friends I think it completely but I don't think like I play any role anymore I mean I feel like the friendships I've got now are just kind of like very low maintenance I know that they're around when I need them and that's nice I don't worry about losing them anymore yeah that's a that's um, a really good place to be in I think yeah I no completely and I just think that comes with age as well yeah. like I mean something very serious would have to happen for me to have an actual argument with one of my friends yeah. because it's like you said I think you kind of learn as you get older that not saying that you're e- egocentric when you're younger but you know you've all got your own stuff going on and um, but when the you know when the shit does hit the fan if it ever does hit the fan you know that they'll be there for you you realize how hard life is basically yeah and how tough it was in school and you've got to get out there you've got to make money you've got to balance all these things while still trying to figure out what the hell you want out of life somewhere in that crazy process so yeah you do I think I'm not saying that you should have no expectations because you should expect certain things you know from your friends yeah in terms of like values and morals and things like that and but yeah just just not I think you learn to be your own person and you learn to accept that they're their own person. Yeah, and you make that time for each other when you Completely. can. Completely. Yeah, you just, you're not always going to be in a position where you have friends around the corner that are really accessible. No, all my friends are in different tough, cities but, now. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you get more spread out as you get older, don't you? Um, but I don't know, then I know some people that are really lucky and they've got their friends that all live really close by, so it's just one of those trying to that is a luxury yeah a real luxury and then I think just trying to navigate whatever situation you're in the best you can so that you can maintain those friendships yeah and you do have to put effort in for people as well yeah especially like a long distance friendship yeah completely I, I, I think I've only got a handful of friends that actually still live in Manchester now mm. like a lot of my friends have dispersed to London I know you've got a friend in Australia I've got a yeah. friend in Australia um a lot of my friends live in the northeast mm-hmm. um they've lived in Manchester for a while and come back there and I think mm-hmm. it is just yeah you do have to make more of an effort with them but it's also not there's a less of a neediness when you get older yeah. isn't there I think it's like checking in making sure they're okay mm-hmm. not because it's an effort because you want to um but then being totally cool if you don't speak to them for a few weeks yeah and I think part of that 
comes with letting go of that kind of needy side because I could probably definitely be quite needy when I was younger. I always Completely. wanted to be with my friends and I was like, I need them. <laughs> well, it's that desperation to be liked again, yeah. isn't it? And it's... I think you know, I just felt most of myself when I was around my friends, whereas now as I've got older, you do, you know, without sounding like a sad act, you learn to become your own friend as well. And that's probably one of the most important friendships that you'll ever work on is just learning Completely. to like yourself, learning to take yourself for a coffee, learning to just sit in your own company sometimes and not be uncomfortable in that. Yeah, oh completely be more self-assured. One of the biggest and best uh tips on life my mum ever gave me was you'll never be happy with anyone else until you're happy within yourself. And I know that sounds like a Disney film, but it's, it's, so, it's true. so true. And I think that goes for um actual romantic relationships and friendship relationships mm-hmm. because I think some, sometimes that can actually be the breakdown of a friendship when you're asking too much from them and they yeah. are only a person yeah. and they've got their own stuff going on and yeah I think it's just learning to step away yeah. and be more self-assured in yourself well, when you're projecting your own um insecurities on other people as well you know sometimes you need to check in with yourself and be like if you're going through something with a friend what's that saying hold up a mirror before you hold up a magnifying glass I love that um yeah I've never heard that before no I love I'm, it though. I'm pretty sure that's the saying um, so basically, you know, sometimes you do just need to check in on yourself and just have have a bit of a word. Basically, you know? <laughs> yeah. is this something? Is this? Am I acting this way or being irrational because I'm? There's something going on with me that I need to address. Yeah. Or is it really that this person's annoyed me? Because some, most of the time it's not. Like, it's yeah, just, most of the time it is wind your neck in, yeah. Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> no, completely. Um, do you think that? friendship is the kind of the most important relationship that we have in our lives other than well more than I don't know your boyfriend or your or your husband or whatever do you do you think friendship's kind of what pulls you through I think friendship through and through is way more important to me than any kind of like sexual or romantic relationship because friendship stands the test of time yeah like when I'm old and gray I might not care so much about a sexual side of a relationship. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I want that friendship, that kind of yeah. partnership where you can just sit in silence together and just feel comfortable in that. And it feels like home. And I think that's what, that's why friendship is so important because it's, it's when you're around people, wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, you find that way of, you know, it, it feels like home and it feels comfortable. It feels familiar and a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, across the board, I just think friendship is the most important. Even actually, to flip this on its head a bit, mm. even in a romantic relationship, I think friendship is completely important. Um, I think there's like a statistic where it's like people who perceive their boyfriend or girlfriend as their best friend are m- more likely to... The marriage but, Yeah, or... yeah. I was going to ask you that, actually, because that's a really interesting question. Do you think it's important for your boyfriend or romantic partner, whatever, to be your best friend? Or do you think that, you know, you get one thing from your partner and a different thing from your friends? Or I certainly think I get a different dynamic from my friends than I get to Joe. Um, <laughs> let's just call him what he's... by his name. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Obviously there are certain things which are very different. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it is... It's different... Um, but maybe that comes down again to like a female friendship and a male friendship. Um, mm. You know, Joe knows me inside and out. There's nothing that I would I would hide from him yeah. um, at all. But yeah, I, I think both are equally important and I can't put my finger on what makes them different, but there certainly is something different. How about you? 
Well, it's that, I guess that it's that element of everybody, I think, would like to be with someone who feels like their best friend. Yeah. But then it's that element of attraction that changes the dynamic, yeah. isn't it? Where you're like, you're my best friend, but I'm also really attracted to you. And then, you know, you've got to be able to get through those times when you fight and argue as well. Yeah, sometimes you want to... You want to throttle them, yeah. <laughs> Not to a Ted Bundy on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Do the full circle. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, sometimes, like, especially if we're living with them, that's oh, like... Gosh. But then again, living with... You know, I've lived with a number of my best friends over the years, and that is a whole different ball game again. Because everybody lives differently. Differently? That's not a word, is it? <laughs> everybody lives differently and has different, you know, expectations in terms of, like, how to run a household and how many dishes is acceptable to leave in the sink. Uh-huh. You learn um, a lot about people's hygiene, don't you? I do. Some days I'm just like, just pick your boxes up. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, not... don't, don't get... That is a whole different episode. I could be here for literally a week. <laughs> Next week, cleanliness. <laughs> yeah. What do boys you live with do that's irritating? Basically. Be... Ways. Let me just get my scroll. Joe, are you listening? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, living with people is like a whole different spectrum of I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not annoying. I mean, oh, hell the yeah. The amount of uh, yeah. shoes and crap that I leave everywhere must be annoying. Yeah, I know. I definitely know my own bad habits yeah. for sure, but I also don't need to add someone else's bad habits onto that. No. Thank you very much, Joe. Maybe we should just move into each other. That's what we're getting out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Learn more about each other. <laughs> Do you, you kind of think that both romantic relationships are of equal importance to a friendship? Um, I mean, they're just... I feel like we did a full circle on that. Yeah, I think both are important, but I think if you are in a romantic relationship, it's important to not abandon your friendships because... No, God, no. I think a lot of people make that mistake, um, and I've definitely done it when I've been younger, and you get wrapped up in this, like, bubble of being in love or infatuated with someone, and you forget to check in on your friends, and, you know, the good friends will be like, oh, I know what that's like, mate, and, yeah, it wasn't the best time, but I'm glad that you can see what... Yeah, You know, where you went wrong, etc. But... Um, and when you when you're in love with someone or the, or you're seeing someone and it's that beginning bit where it's really intense and stuff like you you are gonna check in with your friends less and stuff and yeah. see that person more and that's just you understand that as an adult don't you that yeah. that's just what happens but yeah to me my friendships are just so important like if anything was to happen in your romantic relationship because people can change and that you it never does know, happen like, yeah it's the way of the world if that relationship was to ever break down and you're left without your friends to almost like help pick up the pieces and stuff. Frightening. Yeah, you need that that safety net, that support group around you. Whether things are good or bad, I think it's important to always to always work on those friendships. To have someone who's got your back. It's it's funny you should say that because I think one of the not saying that I'm not happy all the time, um, but one of my happiest sort of memories of my early twenties was Funnily enough, also one of the most miserable times of my life because I, I was probably about 23. I lived with my best, best friend, Rachel, who I just spoke about previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had two of my best friends living below us in the same building. And then another one of my best friends, Emma, living next door. And at the same time as having this living arrangement, <clears throat> I was going through a really dysfunctional relationship, a really horrible relationship where he you know really my um, self-esteem really took a hit um didn't treat me very nice mm-hmm. that's not an opinion that's definitely a fact my friends will vouch for me on that yeah. um and it was a really horrible time but I always look back with 
actually such fun memories because I had this amazing group of girls around me who would egg me on, who would, you know, support me through whatever, through however how silly or frustrating it was to see me keep going back to him. They were always there for me. And one particular memory I have is, like, when it kind of, like, actually did break down, um, I threw... We had a massive argument um, because... Well, I'm just going to be honest, he cheated on me. And I... Sorry, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why my reaction I mean. was to laugh. Like, like, nervousness. I was just looking at your face and you looked a lot happier. You should have been whilst you were saying. <laughs> because I know this is what I mean, though. And we had an argument and I threw his stuff off the balcony mm. in a real dramatic move because I wanted to, him to stay and talk to me and he wouldn't he was grabbing his coat so I just threw it off the balcony like oh no it really is anyway so yeah, after he'd gone I rang up my friend Jess and she came round and I was in absolute hysterics before she came round mm. and she walked through the door and I told her what I'd, I'd done and we just burst out laughing this, we're just in absolute hysterics yeah. with what I'd done and I think that's it I think it's just like a, a bond a lot of um, humour to be had in those dark times and I think that's one thing that I really get from my group of friends as well is yeah being able I think that's how women communicate and kind of you know a displacement of humor like it's not supposed to be funny but it's like is. an awkward yeah. humor isn't it it's like I, think I heard um Phoebe Waller-Bridge talking about this and she was talking about that that dark sense of humor in those times where you're not supposed to be laughing is is often how we get through it. And it's how the we cure. Get through the other side and yeah, it's the currency almost for those kind of relationships, and it's so true. It's definitely an, like an unbreakable bond between two women or a group of women as well. I mm-hmm. think we've just spoke spoke about this before. The ability to just be weird and just be like, yeah. sometimes going, mate, you're you're actually being nuts right now, <laughs> and then laughing about it. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. So like, yeah, no, you shouldn't send that text <laughs> but if you do we'll just laugh about it it's yeah. fine yeah just and some material yeah do you feel like your a lot of your the friendships that you have do empower you oh 100 yeah um i had nothing but support especially since going freelance and things like that um i just i don't know it's always nice when friends are interested in what you're doing and they're asking questions and for me that that always makes me feel like, oh, that's why I try to ask other people questions as well, because I just think it shows that somebody's inquisitive and then that they care. And then when people remember things that you said the previous time, like... Oh, that's always lovely, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that melts my heart. I'm such yeah. a sucker for that. Like, even if they just remember, like, this most stupid thing, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> you love me. You love me. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And I, I think as I get older, that still continues to empower me just knowing that someone cares every now and then like you all right mate how's this or just like just little nudges to yeah I'm thinking of you that gentle reinforcement yeah. that you're doing all right in life I think and that the people that um that there's gonna there's always gonna be people that are there for you yeah when you feel like you're not doing as all right <laughs> but, um yeah no I agree with that I mean, I can't re- even remember what we've talked about now. I just know it started off with Temp Book Ted Bundy <laughs> and it's ended on a really light note about friendship. So, yeah, we hope you liked this episode and thank you again for all of your kind comments so far. It really does mean All of your friendships. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> and we will see you in the next one. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.